Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation, brought to you by New Balance. I think you're actually, Jordan, the first New Balance athlete to be on the Coffee Cast. So, I, I mean, represent. It fits for you. <laughs> also brought to you by The Document. If you've ever been competing with your friends, no matter whether it's FIFA or Fortnite online, or maybe even just rock, paper, scissors, download The Document. It keeps track of all of your gaming stats. Also allows you to exchange some money with your friends if you're having some friendly competition. Uh, and that is our other sponsor. We're happy to have the document along before the ride. And you can also support us as well by our coffee, or in this case, for me, a captain and diet tonight. We're going a little bit, uh, we're going a little racy, I guess. That's tonight. okay. I'm not going as you know, <laughs> I'm going with water. <laughs> um, but you can go to patreon.com slash tennis and you can buy our coffee, our drinks, and we really appreciate the support. Our guest tonight, now up to 97 in the world as of today's live rankings. Second straight year in the Binghamton Challenger final is Jordan Thompson. Jordan, you are wearing your Anaheim Ducks shirt tonight. You told me earlier this week you are shockingly the only American sport you like is hockey. Yeah, I mean, I got taken to a game earlier in the year yeah. and absolutely loved it. So, um, you know, I was watching it on, on my phone. No matter where I was, I was just pulling up games. And, um, yeah, I think I only got the shirt because of the Mighty Ducks movie. And I <laughs> yeah, just right. took over the... Uh, uh, supporting the Anaheim Ducks, so uh, it's still Mighty Duck shirt for me. So I was actually having this conversation, um, I think it was with Dan Evans and Marcos Giron earlier this week about American sports viewing habits. Uh, with regards to tennis, i.e. the shot clock, stuff like that, and I brought up hockey. You know, hockey, soccer, I kind of lumped those in a little bit, that we don't here in America really have that appreciation necessarily for things that are kind of slower developing is what do you think of that in 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 australia is that is that something similar there or do you guys have more of an appreciation of the longer sports um yeah i'm not too too much of a fan of the long sports yeah. like uh you know american football that's way too long for me and mm-hmm. can't can't get through a game but you know also the other thing is cricket's a massively long game and yeah I really like cricket and you know watch the the five day test matches yeah. and uh, don't get bored at all so I guess it's where, you, where you're from and you know what you're brought up with sure and, um, yeah so it was a bit foreign for the foreign for me with the American football yeah so I don't yeah not really a huge fan of that but um, yeah with cricket I'm sure Americans wouldn't even know what cricket is sometimes so um, yeah it's each their own I guess it's just where you're from you know I've gone down to Australia the last couple of years I've been down there I think three three times now and I've watched a fair amount of cricket okay no clue I okay. have no idea what's happening yeah the rules are, it's, it's the scoring aspect yeah. still confuses me a little yep. bit I guess so you'll be watching the big bash it's, they try, it's a shorter format of the yes. game it's nearly like a fast four yeah right um, they played over three hours right and, you know they're just trying to get the ball out of the stadium they're just right. trying to slog it so um, I guess it's trying to excite the crowd a bit more and bring more people in and it's a faster game, so I guess um, you know all sports are trying to get a little bit quicker. Yeah, how do you feel about that with the the the, the influences that they're going to have with tennis now in terms of a shot clock and things like that? Are you more of a traditionalist, or you appreciate some of these new sped up rules? I'm definitely a traditionalist. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the shot clock at all. I actually got pulled up at one of the Grand Slams. Uh, I can't remember which one it was where they said you've only got one minute. Yeah, before, right. Before um, before the match starts or something, mm-hmm. and I usually get out there. Um, I don't have my sweatbands ready. I don't yeah. have my hat ready. I don't even have my dampener in the right racket. I guess it's a little bit of superstition. I like to do that <laughs> before every match. I like to you know change my dampener over, get my sweatbands on, put my hat on. So uh, I got pulled up, uh, and I really think it's just pointless because 
I mean, what, what does it really matter if you, you're an extra 30 seconds? Are you really going to get fined? I think it's a little bit ridiculous. Okay, um, let me let me let me counter argue that. What can we do? As we've seen in lots of places throughout the world, a decline in ratings for for tennis specifically, a decline in population, and also just a decline in terms of people participating in the sport. How do we increase that then if we don't have a maybe a viable product that's good for television? It's a good question. I guess people don't want to be waiting while they're watching. Right. Um, but how often do they really show clips before the match? Uh, I think they're really only interested in actual points. So I don't really think that... You know, I don't think we're going to lose viewers just because they were taking a little bit too much time before yeah. the match actually started. So, yeah, I know. I guess, I guess the TV wouldn't really show that anyway. Right. But um, yeah, everybody at the match is definitely waiting for us to get out there and they right. want to see it, see it all. So, um, yeah, I guess it's yeah, much over muchness. Uh, it's, <laughs> they're trying to change it. So, yeah. um, I think a little one minute's a little bit too short. I mean, you didn't realize how short a minute is when you, right. like. A Rafa comes when he's ready. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to penalise him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. That's exactly what Dan Evans was talking about in terms of you know they're 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 going to penalise you, Jordan yeah. Thompson. They're not necessarily going to. I mean, we we know about Rafa. Yeah. And that that length that he yeah. takes in between points. Yeah. And I love it. He, he plays when he's ready. Yeah. Um, you know, Rafa comes when he's ready. It's on his terms. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you you rarely see him getting time violations. Uh, you, you see it occasionally, but yeah, I mean, for someone like me, like I take you know, a little bit of time in between points. Yeah. And, you know, this week already, I already got told that I'm taking too long. It's yeah. Just, it's a little bit frustrating. Like it should be the same rules for everybody. So enforce them on everyone, no matter who it is. It's interesting because yeah, I've heard that theme throughout this week, and obviously all of the challenger and transition tour changes got announced fully this week, and it's been a a crazy week uh, being at a challenger when you have a bunch of guys who are going to be dealing with transition tour points a little bit more than you will obviously mm. what have you kind of gathered not necessarily from yourself but just from other guys who you've been talking with over the last few days yeah so I didn't even know the changes got changed yeah <laughs> um, I actually had no idea um, and I found out you know well after that there was actually going to be a change because you know, hopefully it won't affect me right um, but to be honest <laughs> And when people have asked me what I think, I actually don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, the futures are there for guys to get started, and you've got to start somewhere. You can't just start straight at the top, or you can't start at a challenger level. You got to you got to earn your earn your spot to get there. Yeah. You got to go through the you got to go through the stages. And you know, I I definitely did that myself. I mean, to get to you know my highest ranking was um, in the 60s. Like I had to go through every stage. Right. So. And you got to start somewhere, so I think Futures was the best place to start. But now that's kind of kind of irrelevant. I, mean, you, I don't think you get any points. You just get transition points. Yeah. And then you might get into qualities of a challenger. So um, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it's what's interesting to me through this week is that there's still a lot of confusion amongst players. I've heard, you know, just sitting in my broadcast booth and there are players arguing about what what it actually means to them Um, and I think that's the part that's been really difficult that like I don't know that you have a full grasp of it I don't know that I have a full grasp of it quesadilla right now for Jordan Thompson (laughs) Uh, so go ahead and keep eating that's Uh, a vegetable quesadilla that is (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that I think has been the part that's been the most confusing to me is that there's still a little bit of confusion as to what all of these stages are going to be yeah I mean 
appreciate the quiet. I've got absolutely no idea how it's going to work or how it yeah. is going to work. Um, you know, people have told me, but I don't necessarily understand. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty tough to, you know, work it all out. And hopefully, I don't need to worry about it. But yeah, I was actually talking to my friend last night uh, back in Australia, and he's he was a tennis player. He was a good junior. He went to college. Yeah. Uh, but he had um, really bad. I think he had osteitis pubis. So he hasn't been playing that much, and he said, um, "Oh, I think I might, you know, hopefully get fit and give it a crack." Yeah. And I said, "Oh, have you heard about the new changes?" He's like, "Yeah, it's going to be so tough." Yeah. So, um, you know, last year or two years ago, he could have just rocked up to a future in Australia. Yeah. Maybe got a wild card, or you know, get in off his. Uh, I don't know. I don't actually know how it works. Maybe Australian <laughs> ranking. Yeah, right. Um, that, that's, a, that's a thing. Yeah, um, and he would, you know, have the opportunity to qualify at a at a future. Yeah. And if he qualifies and wins around, he's got an HP point. Right. That's not happening anymore. Right. So um, it's going to be a lot tougher for guys. And yeah, I, yeah, I can't stress enough how much I don't really agree with it. Yeah. You mentioned to me, and the waitress did as well. You've had meals here every single night at the hotel, the tournament hotel here in Binghamton. Um, not that that didn't look delicious, um, but that's a little superstitious. That's a little odd. You're not the only one who does it. What are, what are some of those superstitions for you, though? Yeah, I mean, it goes through patches. In some some weeks, I'll uh, you know I'll be on a, a little bit of a roll and uh, I'll be eating the same meal. But other weeks, it'll be mixing it up every week. But yeah. this week seemed to be the week where. Um, I didn't really venture out of the hotel because it was, it was raining the first few days and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go outside the hotel, so um, a lot of this meal and uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a salad, uh, chicken, diced tomato and um, broccoli around it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's half healthy. Uh, yeah, that, that looked particularly healthy. Yeah, it was, yeah, was good. Pretty healthy. Um, yeah, I got vegetables and meat and what I needed to get, so I uh, just stuck with it for the rest of the week. And yeah, I was like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'm going to have to keep this up. You know, we were talking earlier about the financial inequities. The guys at the top, you at roughly a hundred, they're able to take care of not only trainers and things like that with that that kind of money. The ability to eat well at every single stop. How difficult is that for you when you are playing at some of these challengers, especially in Asia, where maybe you're not necessarily as comfortable with the geography? Yeah, Asia is particularly tough. Um, if if you can get a meal in Asia that's got um, you know good veggies, um, you, know, you can't you can't eat the meat there because of the um, I can't remember well, clenbuterol, I think. Um, so as long as you didn't say chlamydia, I was going to be fine with that. <laughs> uh, steer away from that. <laughs> uh, uh, um, thankfully, I haven't got both. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got either. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I just try and get fruit yeah. uh, a lot in Asia. Yeah. Uh, vegetables. And if I can get, you know, chicken that's decent, <laughs> uh, a little bit of rice with it, that's a, yeah. that's a big win. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty simple food. So I just try and try and eat simple when I'm there because you know you, you don't want to get sick. You don't know where you are. Yeah. You don't know where that chi- that chicken's <laughs> been. <laughs> Sometimes there's some pink spots in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, this year um, in China, I ordered stupidly order the uh, something with bones in it, and sure enough, I swallowed a bone, and it yeah it was God. it was a bit painful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ever since that, I was like, yep. Yeah, 
chicken and rice and mm -hmm. that's good with me because I do not want to bone yeah. again. <laughs> How have those habits changed for you since you started as a pro in terms of not only just eating but in terms of how you're approaching your, your daily tasks in, in preparing for matches? Yeah, so actually, I never used to eat well. I mean, when I was a, when I was a kid at home, yeah. you know, I used to call my dad the food, the food police. He wouldn't <laughs> let me eat anything bad. I was I didn't really eat soft uh, drink soft drink. Um, I used to drink like apple juice, and I was only allowed one glass. Yeah. So um, when I got out at home, I took advantage of that stupidly, and you know, <laughs> my diet wasn't good. I'd eat lollies all the time. I'd yeah. eat, I'd eat KFC. Not, not often, but more than I should have. Uh, I, I need to interrupt and just say to our American friends, lollies is candy, Correct. which I got into earlier yep. this year. Yep. Go on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no one understands myself. No, because we think it's lollipops. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you see packets of candy. Yeah. Um, but it never really affected my fitness. Okay. Until you know, a couple of years of it, and my coach wasn't really impressed with what I was eating. Yeah. And I was playing Steve Darcis at the US Open. Okay. I was up two sets to love. I was up 5-3. I had two match points. Uh, I had one on return to serve for the match. I ended up losing 7-5 in the fifth and the next two sets were like, uh, from that third set, it was like 7-6, 6-4, 7-5. And I started cramping. Yeah. And my coach, uh, my coach said, uh, that's, that's enough. Yeah. Um, you need to start you, you owe it to yourself with how hard I worked um, fitness wise yeah thank you um, good thank you no thank you can I take some more water please thanks um, yeah I where it was um, just this idea that you're cramping I was cramping and I, <clears throat> that had never happened and he said I owed it to myself to um, start eating better yeah start fueling my body you know, what you are you are what you eat and what you put you put into yourself is your petrol. So yeah. um, gas for America. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, he said that I worked hard on court. I worked hard off court. You know, I used yeah. to do a lot of running. So um, what's the point in doing all that training if you're going to eat like right. absolute shit? So yeah, um, yeah, let's put a stop to that for the most part. You know, yeah. I still have cheat days and you sure. know, don't eat. Or, great all the time but yeah. generally it's pretty it's pretty solid and um, yeah I don't think I've cr I don't think I've cramped since and um, yeah I've played a few five set matches and my body hasn't let me down yeah um, you know, particular one against um, Jack Sock at the US Open I won 6-4 in the 5th the next year yeah and I was running everywhere actually yeah. someone told me that it was nearly like 10,000 feet or something that I ran over the, over the yeah. match or it was something ridiculous and you know, at, I can still remember I had one of the match points I was running side to side hit a few squash shots on the run and it was 5-4 five, five, in the 5th and after I'd missed one of those squash shots I actually started jumping at the back of the court <laughs> and I was thinking what am I doing I'm probably going to make myself cramp yeah. but um, yeah I guess it really did help me I, st I didn't really get sore that often like muscle soreness you know the sugar sugar absolutely killed me and I didn't yeah, really sure. realise it until I stopped it because um, I was like oh I'm not getting sore anymore I can, you know I feel a lot better on yeah so I was like all right it's easier to let go is let that go about the walk. same time you cut the hair 
I can remember coming back to uh, my first time in Binghamton. I had a full head of hair. Yes. And it didn't look good. Uh, <laughs> it was a curly mess. The reason I ask is I just wonder if it was just this idea that it was, thank you, um, that it was just this idea of, for the lack of a better term, you becoming a professional. You know what I mean by that? Yep. Is that it's about the same time, though, and the same process, or is that just completely different and maybe me reading too much into it? Nah, I, I mean... It's probably the girls in my life uh, <laughs> keeping me, keeping, trying to keep me clean anyway. <laughs> Got a beard this week and yeah. Yeah, my hair's getting a little bit longer and someone's really not impressed with it. Um, yeah, but that's also superstition. I don't want to yeah, shave sure. or get a haircut in the middle of a tournament. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to look like I was homeless. Yeah. But um, it has gotten you know, long and curly yeah but never to that extent i mean i could put that in a ponytail it was yeah way too long and actually didn't realize it was really hot under my hat mm-hmm. so it was uh yeah kind of i mean i didn't want to didn't want to look like that anymore um so yeah. it depends which way you look at it but it's definitely a lot cleaner i look yeah. more professional and you know people have actually often said that to me in the last year or so, so um, it can't be a bad thing. I do think, uh, having <laughs> been able to watch you over the last several years, there is a professionalism about you on court. There is a perfectionist aspect to how you are on court. Um, and how, how long has that been part of you throughout your entire life? And, and there are times when that's great. I imagine there are times when it's terrible for you. How do you cope with that and how is that progressing through your career? Yeah, so like I've always got my routines at the back of the court. As yeah. I said, when I come onto the court, I do the same thing every time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I take my time in between points. I don't want, I don't want to be rushed. Um, you know, get do the same thing with the balls all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like it gets me into rhythm. Yeah. And uh, um, actually, in the room, I'm particularly tidy. Okay. That's why I like rooming with uh, Luke Saddle. He's, uh, we've both got our shoes lined up. He's probably more so a little bit OC- more OCD than I am, but um, it's pretty neat in the room and everything's in order. But you know, it feels like I've got a clear mind and I, yeah. know, where, I know where shit is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lose anything. Um, yeah, so it's you know, a clear... Uh, I got told by one coach that a clear room is a clear mind. Yes. And I just wanted to have a clear mind. So yeah. I felt like I want that with yeah. everything. Maybe when I go home, I'll let my hair down. But <laughs> uh, my mum probably wouldn't be impressed with that. But yeah. luckily, I'm not there too often. Um, <clears throat> do you think it does hamper you at times, though, on the court in terms of how you talked about this uh, off the record, but how, how a ball bounces? Um, you know how, how an opponent reacts in, in terms of you know what your expectation is versus what's reality. Yeah, so I usually struggle with like bat bounces and yeah. line calls, but I was thinking today uh, my opponent got particularly frustrated with the amount of line calls that he thought were pretty average, and yeah. I was thinking like that's usually me, <laughs> uh, but I'm down the other end and he's complaining about these things, so it's probably better for me. I mean, he's not focused. He's focused on the you know, the shitty bounces or 
what he thinks were poor line calls and I know one of them was an absolute shocker because I yeah. hit the serve and I could still see it <laughs> um, but then you know the very the very next uh, the very next point he hit an ace that <laughs> definitely wasn't an ace but um, you know I think I would have been close to breaking that game or had chances in that game so I was impressed with myself that I just let it go so usually that's not the case I usually get pretty upset and yeah, you know, pretty punchy, and you know, I lose my routine when I speed up and get angry. So, um, yeah, this week's been pretty good for me. Um, How do you I, change that? Uh, just trying to. I mean, I know there's a problem there, and I'm yeah. just trying to figure it out myself. Um, I'm pretty good at identifying my own problems, but taking care of it's a yeah. whole different thing. I think, you know, with a lot of tennis players, it can just take one thing to right. set you over the edge, but trying to get a little bit further <laughs> from the edge and be a little bit more calm and it's yeah, it's helped me this week um, yeah I think he was still complaining in the locker room about the call so, sure um, he's also been on court this is Greg Ellis we're talking about yep. um, he, he had almost nine hours on court yep. this week with yep. doubles as well uh, compared to your three yep 320 or something like that yep. um, and that makes a massive difference in the mind yeah oh and he played a 7-6 in the third set yeah. HSA and then had to go out for, for doubles. Right. Um, Which is great for you. Absolutely. I was loving it. Actually, didn't even know he was out there yeah. <laughs> uh, until someone messaged me and I was like, oh, geez, he's still out there. Yeah. How good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it happened in the second round as well. Yeah. I mean, I played a, a very fast match in the morning. Um, we were already at 4-all and my opponent went out there and I think he won 6-4. Um, the next opponent was already playing his first match. He won 6-4 in the third. Right. And, you know, it was... I thought we were losing daylight, and I was right. really not wanting that to happen because I think the longer... And I pride myself on being fit. So yeah. I figured if he's already played three sets and he's a relatively younger guy, uh, I heard that he's he was a good junior, so I was like, oh, he must be just out of juniors. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure how many five-set five, five set matches he would have played before. So right. I just wanted to get there. I just wanted to run him around. I wanted to, you know, like kind of bully him on the court. And I don't think he was up for the challenge. I think he was pretty tired. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been great for me this week. Every every opponent's actually had more court time, so I feel yeah. a lot fresher. So <clears throat> it's easy for us in the media. You know, we're, we've been talking a little bit about line calls, bounces here, and, and whatever challenger you might be at. From someone who is right on that border, right at 100, you're there in every Grand Slam. You're there in some challengers. You do a good mix of trying to find both. What are the major differences? Not just quality of opponent. We know that. You're going to be playing Federer Nadal. That's one thing versus somebody 300. What are the major differences for you as a player, court, hotels, all of that, going from Wimbledon, where you were a couple weeks ago, here to Binghamton? Yeah, so Wimbledon, I was staying in a, you know, like a four-story house, um, staying with other Aussies. Yeah. Uh, I was staying right behind the back of the rainy, which are the practice courts, so yeah. you know, I could just wander down. Uh, I'd never be late for anything, because I'm only a five-minute walk away. Uh, having strawberries and cream, if you're feeling like you can have, have a little bit of cream on the, on the strawberries. <laughs> um, you're having great food. I mean, the food at Wimbledon is unquestionably good. Yeah. Um, so you're eating, you're eating right. You're in Wimbledon. You feel good about your tennis. You're, you know, so much history there, and yeah. it's called the Championships. Right. It's very unique playing on grass, and the grass is so green, and you know, the courts just look perfect. And then you come to a place like this, which is not everyone's cup of tea. 
Um, mm-hmm. We are playing at uh, courts in the park, at the local park. Um, we're at a Holiday Inn, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, it's had a great meal, and the, <laughs> the room's tidy, it's clean, there's nothing wrong with it. But then next week I'll be at Washington, which right. is one of my favorite tour events. Um, you know, I've like the only place I've ever done sightseeing. I saw <laughs> yeah. the Lincoln statue in a movie. I'm like, oh, I've got to go see that. And I've seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> I've, seen, I've got to go to the lake. I've got to go to the White House. So yeah. I was like, this is unusual because I hate going sightseeing. I hate walking around. But for that, I've played that tournament twice and I've done the same thing twice. So yeah. on an off day, I'll probably do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful place and the hotel's unreal and obviously the, the transport's going at will and you know, it's just, I mean, tour events are much better on tournaments. Um, How do you turn that on and off in your if, in your brain? You know, your Grand Slam, Challenger, 500 for you. Like, how do you turn that on and off in your brain so that you're just saying, okay, it's a tennis match here that I've got to approach, whether it's somebody 300 in the world, 40 in the world. Yeah, uh, I just want to fly just at Binghampton. I mean, the guys are working unbelievably yeah. hard to, you know, for the players and for everything to be right. The people at the tournament are just working their butt off. Yeah. Uh, and it's been great, but I don't think people really appreciate that. I right. Mean, I mean, I remember Luke you know, Savile told me, he said that they're trying really hard, but mm-hmm. some people just don't care. That's uh, exactly right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but to the other thing, going to, going to Wimbledon and then coming to a... You know, coming to a challenger in Binghampton, 75,000 um, 75, challenger, uh, and then going to you know, 500 next week. Um, it's all very different in the different levels of tennis, but at the end of the day, I'm here to do one job, and that's play matches and win. Yeah. Try and make as much money as possible, try and get <laughs> as, much, as many points as possible. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my coach always said, every match is equally as important. Uh, as the next uh, and every tournament they're all important Um, I mean if you don't think it's important then you probably shouldn't be there and if you're going to do complaining about it then that's just not going to help at all so Mm -hmm. you know that's another thing I may do a little bit of complaining on the court but (laughs) I'm prepared to come to places that aren't as good people call them shitholes and some of them are but yeah I'm prepared to go there and just do my job so um so I've been around this for about five years. Um, to be perfectly blunt, you were a guy who was not on a radar that I had seen. You know, you, you've got, we've, we've talked about Sav, uh, obviously the pedigree, um, and here you are. Yeah. Um, what, what does that do to? And I, I don't know your family at all. Um, what, what are they like? How, what's this progression like for you? And how did you uh, approach it like a business trip, if you will, over many years? Yeah, I think that was my, my old coach, Des Tyson. Yeah. Said, you know, he said this stuff, uh, you know, every match is a 50-50 chance. Um, you can beat anybody on any given day. Um, when you come to these shitholes, be prepared to play. Um, you know, uh, when, when we go to China, We've got one uh, one sledge a day per rule. You're only allowed to badmouth China once a day, <laughs> just to keep it under control. So yeah, I mean, it turns into like you know a fun joke. If we're going to use a sledge, and make sure it's a good one. So it just makes makes it a bit funner. But yeah, I mean, my dad's a tennis coach. Yeah, uh, he got me into tennis, and my mum also plays. Um, I always like knocked around a balloon around the house, mm. like thinking it was tennis. We yeah. had a, a wall in the backyard, and I'd be out there for hours, just yeah. you know, playing you know, 
whoever whoever was good at the time, probably Andre. It's probably Agassi. Federer and Nadal. Yeah, yeah, it probably was. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can remember, like uh, against the wall, uh, it, I'd be losing to guys in the under twelves, and I'd be like, "All right, I'm going to pretend the walls at this guy, and next time I play him, I'm going to beat him." Yeah. Um, yeah. So I hit a lot of hit a lot against the wall. Um, yeah, actually played soccer. I played mm. touch football. I did cross country running. I loved athletics. Um, played a little bit of cricket at school. I just like playing all sports. But um, I think I asked my dad to give me tennis lessons when I was about 10. Uh, yeah, I think it was roughly 10. And uh, I think that's when I mm. chose tennis. He was always at the tennis court. So yeah. I wanted to be there too. Yeah. I wanted to be hitting balls. Um, but then I played soccer until I was about 17. Um, you realize how unusual that is, right? Yeah. But I also went to school as well. Yeah. I finished my finished my you know high school certificate at the high school that I went to. The last uh, you know year and a bit, I did school through distance because I was traveling. Yeah. But I, I kind of wish I stayed at school because um, I mean, playing seventeen, playing at tennis at seventeen, it seems quite young and it's getting normal now. But yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I should have just stayed at school. Like I didn't end up playing a future. Well probably playing until I was 19 so should have just played juniors um, you know, finished school and then had a crack yeah but um, yeah, hindsight's a beautiful thing and you're, and you're doing fine yeah um, yeah actually I never thought that I'd you know be playing all the Grand Slams and, you know when I was probably like 14 years old yeah. I'd, I'd watch them and I was like, geez, I'd love to be there one day. And I remember my goal in juniors was to play all the all four Grand Slams, and yeah. I managed to do that. And then after juniors finished, I was like, all right, I want to, I want to be at the big ones. Yeah. Um, I want to not only be playing qualifying, I want to be in the main draw of these of these Grand Slams. And I've played plenty of Grand Slams now, and I just want to keep playing them. And you know, I'm still very driven, and just want to play tennis. What, what do you do for fun when you actually have some free time? Uh, we were talking during your meal, and I think you said Mario Kart. Yeah, I play a lot of Mario Kart. That's, a, I mean, like, you know everybody's on Fortnite right now. Yeah, I can't stand shooting games. Okay. I can't stand Why? Them. I don't know. I just I never really got into them. I just, like a, you know, I'm, just not, I'm not like a, you know, killing sort of video okay. game <laughs> person. You're um, in America right now. This is what we do here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't really want to be a part of that. I'm probably just going to get so many Twitter mentions for even saying that right now. So, sorry, it was a joke, people. Uh, yeah, I play a lot of Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, Switch, or do you bring yep, your system? Nintendo Switch. Okay. Uh, plug it into the TV. Yeah. Um, I'll watch a lot of Seinfeld. Okay. Really? Yep. Nearly every day. Never in a million years. Um, really? I never would have thought you would take Seinfeld. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite TV show. Do you do comedians in cars watching coffee? No. Oh, my Lord. I'm about to change your life. <laughs> change it. Okay, so this is actually the inspiration. I haven't talked about this. The inspiration for this podcast, Jerry Seinfeld picks up comedians in a fancy car because he loves cars, and then they go get coffee. Oh, boy. That's it. Okay. That's it. I'm going to get on that. That's why we're doing this right now. It's supposed to be over coffee. That's it. Okay. Uh, Netflix. Okay. If you've got it, I'm assuming you've got a Netflix password. I'll be on it. Okay. I'll watch The Office. Okay. On Netflix. Um, uh, what else do I do? <laughs> I don't do, do, you do you have a, a beverage of choice when you're actually able to, to have a little bit of a, a downtime? 
Not I your actually thing? don't really like alcohol. Okay. Uh, I drink occasionally. I've drink. I've had a drink once this year in February. Really? Yeah. And you're able to keep track of it. So I've had two. I've had more drinks tonight than you've had. <laughs> I feel like a drunk. <laughs> um. I love Coke, okay, but I try not to drink it. But like, you're, people are going to think you're like a total square, like a total just nerd. <laughs> like I, I, I know you enough to say that that's not true. Yeah, I, I used to travel with a football, okay, and any chance I got, I'd go and kick it. Okay, uh, I did a little bit of training at IMG. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd just go out to the football fields and kick the football around. Um, you know, try and kick it through the goals. Yeah, with the, what we call a kicking tee. Yeah, call them conversions. Um, it's kind of like. NFL, except it's not always directly in front. Okay. You're trying to kick it from the sideline yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Um, Who's your team back home? West Tigers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Try and I, I love them. I adopted Gold Coast. I uh, think they suck. Poor choice. Poor yeah. choice. Uh, okay, uh, we're we're gonna let you go here because I know you've got a final to get to, and I've got actual dinner to get to here. Uh, first off, this is supposed to be over coffee. What is your your coffee choice in the mornings? I don't oh, drink no. coffee. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I hate it. You're not an Australian anymore. No, like, I hate it. Come on. <laughs> We've got to get you out a little bit more. No, I hate it. I like fruit smoothies and you know chocolate. I love chocolate milk, uh, but I cannot do coffee. I really don't like the taste. Um, when you get to a point where you're a little bit more, maybe when you're like 30. You and I are going to sit down. Uh, Tim Smeecek is working on me in terms of my coffee. I will then pass it along to you five or six years down the line. Uh, mostly because, and this is what I wanted to finish with, I owe you a favor. And I don't know if you remember two years ago at the US Open. Do you remember this? I remember. Okay. Can you tell the story or should I? You can tell it. Okay. So a couple years ago, 2016, I was trying to expand my horizons a little bit in terms of profession. Uh, wanted to do some networking, show up, got a, got a pass from the USTA to just you know, walk around the grounds. I found out that I needed to uh, get in a little bit more. Walking through the grounds, trying to meet up with people from ESPN, Tennis Channel, etc., etc. And who do I see walking by but Jordan Thompson? I say, Jordan, I, I need a favor. By any chance, can I be a player guest? And you looked at me, and I remember this clearly. You said, "What's that?" You said, "What's that?" Oh, I kind of remember that. <laughs> and so I said, "So basically, you are allowed up to I think three player guests." And so we walked over to player, whatever hospitality. You registered me. I was all my picture was in there, and then I had like the three best days of my life, tennis wise because my god they treat you so well they treat player guests so well i was eating in the player meals so i was there i was i, I mean i met with craig tiley in there because it was just you know you're kind of secluded i'm meeting with people from espn tennis channel just because i have access and i owe you for that because that was a, a pretty eye-opening experience for me uh, and, and really got me in the door I, few weeks later I got the Australian Open job so I owe you quite a bit I try not to let you ever give it to me <laughs> but I owe you for that and so I'm, I'm buying your dinner tonight uh, as well as thank you to everybody who supported us on Patreon as well uh, allows us yeah. to do this so thank you very much yeah, Jordan Thompson you. for a lot uh, if I'm gonna try to get this uploaded by the time you're playing tomorrow roughly one o'clock Eastern time so that's God that's gonna be brutal for your family huh 
Yeah, it's, I think my dad will be awake. It's, clo- it's what, three, four in the morning, something yeah, like that? Yeah, my dad wakes up at five, so I think he wouldn't have any any trouble getting up. Good luck tomorrow. You take on Jay Clark. Thank you. It uh, should be a lot of fun to watch. You can, of course, watch it on the USDA Pro Circuit homepage. Anything, final words from you, Jordan? No. Um, thank you. And that'll do it. Uh, another podcast next week. Dan Evans has promised a podcast with us. We did Mark Coleman, who's, I think, like the three or four seeds, so we'll have him on again. Um, but, yeah, join us next week for another edition of the Coffee Cast with Patience.